Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 191, Italia Beckons Part 2, Florence and Pisa. Lovely place in Florence with an inner walled garden area, and we venture out for some groceries and to get a bit oriented. They have been cleaning the huge Duomo complex, and its black and white striped marble looks even more amazing with its new sparkle. Light lunch at our casa, and then we get the typical tourist photo at the Ponte Vecchio with its otherworldly artistic light. Carla begins her jewelry hunt for a gold necklace and finds a couple of possibilities to sleep on. I am drawn in by a shopkeeper to try on a reversible leather coat that fits like it was handmade for me. But what do I need such an expensive item for? Still tempting, but only if I could wrangle a screaming deal. We're surprised at the volume of tourists, perhaps fueled by pent-up post-COVID release, even though we clearly are not post-COVID, but the game has changed with vaccines and treatments. Very few people wearing masks, even on the long plane trip. I was one of about 1 in 30 wearing one. We find a Chinese place, which turns out to be an excellent dinner choice and a needed break from pasta pasta, delicious but still pasta. I take a photo of a Neptune fountain created in 1559 in the Piazza della Signoria and send it to my men's group. No prostate problems here. The next morning is a fun visit to the flea market, a reduced version from the big Sunday one, but still enjoyable. A few small purchases, including a bronze horse hook, perhaps for a Chacon cabin if that happens, a Verdi CD, an Italian libretto, an old silver tea straw, some antique buttons, and a great padlock. Tempted by a gorgeous wooden serving bowl, but hard to imagine schlepping it. So much fun to banter in Italian, and we eat lunch at home with an amazing seafood salad purchased from the Flea's adjacent food market. Then off to find Mercato Centrale, which was closing down, so another visit will be in order. At any given time, roughly one in six or seven people are on their cell phones, talking, texting, or navigating. And the city streets can be treacherous with cars, bikes, both regular and electric, strollers, motorcycles zipping around, delivery bikes with their food-filled huge cube-like backpacks, and for me a novelty, fast electric scooters, all seemingly oblivious to those on foot. Although much reduced, still disheartening to see so many young people smoking or vaping. After a short feet-up rest, we head again to the Ponte Vecchio for Carla's jewels and glove decision. We find a great place for dinner on the other side of the bridge, away from some of the bustle. Papadella aragù cinghiale, grilled vegetables to share, and tagliolini di mare per me. Two priests gaze into a gold shop window. A woman sings opera at dusk in the Piazzole degli Uffici, and we close out a lovely day dancing tango as a young man plays cello in a large, empty column space that is filled with lever and leather and souvenir temporary portable st shop stalls during the day. Mercado Centrale is a warehouse-sized two floors of food, 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 and we buy more stuff, including the hard-to-find Finocchietto Digestivo, a cousin of limoncello, but with a subtler and more refined wild fennel taste, crafted from finocchia flowers. Carla buys some aged balsamic as gifts. My suitcase is on its last legs with a broken wheel, so I bargain hard at one of the exterior saws and get a replacement that will do the trick. 
quick home away from home lunch stop, then off again to Piazza Santa Croce and other locales in search of jewels, leather, and some unique objects I am seeking for my daughters. Scary global warming hot, wearing shorts all day yet again with no sign of rain. We pass an interesting graffiti-like sign in a side alley. O molto più paura della magistratura e delle polizia che dei delinquenti comuni. Da questi ultimi almeno posso provare a difendermi. The Italians, like many in the world, are skeptical of government's ability to run anything efficiently and successfully as they become more intrusive into people's lives. Eight hours of walking around has me noticing mouths today and their endless movements, eating, gesturing, smiling, licking, oh that gelato, and talking, multilingual tourist environment with German, French, Dutch, Chinese, and Japanese rhythms alongside the English and Italian. Great dinner yet again, bruschetta appetizer, gnocchi with gorgonzola and radicchio for Carla, melanzani for me, shared glass of house red. Then the magic of a male street opera singer with a large appreciative crowd on the way back towards the Duomo and beyond. Good final morning at the lavishly landscaped 111 acres of Boboli Gardens, a vast preserve behind the Pitti Palace. They were begun in 1550 by the powerful Medici family and enlarged in the 17th century with many statues, grottoes, and fountains. We enjoy the palatial grounds and early morning quiet, and I'm drawn to a magnificent tree with unusually deeply rugated yet soft bark, which I learned from a caretaker, who happens to have an agriculture degree, that it is a sucra queris super, a cork tree. Its spongy bark makes wine bottle corks, cork flooring, and other items, harvested when the tree reaches 30 to 40 years of age, and then every 9 to 11 years for up to 12 times within its lifetime. Amazing gift of nature that humans have figured out how to beautifully use sustainably. I also love the small bamboo grove, <clears throat> a lifelong favorite for nudies, and very touched by the Statua Abondanza, the Statue of Abundance, with her cornucopia wicker basket filled with fruits and vegetables and an upraised hand reminiscent of the Statue of Liberty, but holding sheaves of wheat instead of a torch. A stunning reminder of what is so true in my case and for much of America. Bounty, plenty, affluence, and prosperity beyond the dreams of many in the world. We enjoy a picnic lunch, then head to a shop for Carla's final answer, jewelry purchase. A fine amethyst pendant with small diamonds and an 18-carat gold chain, which looks lovely on her, all enhanced by the interactive simpatica nature of the shop owner. Onward to the area around the Mercato Centrale for some gifts for friends. Purchases in hand, I thank the owner of a shop and mention that he seems to be under a lot of stress. He calls me Stregone, a sorcerer or wizard, and relates that his mom died a few months ago, the worst summer of his life. She was who had taught him the trade. I had sent something was up and teared up when he told me, which I could see equally touched him and opened him up. A lovely exchange, reminding me of my capacity to be an empath, to pay attention in a different sort of way, and the importance for all of us to let it flow and let it go, not keeping the feelings bottled up. A final walkabout before a great dinner, so many alleys and side streets yet to discover.
The next day is a long schlep to get to Pisa Digs, a lovely and quiet apartment with a garden view. I had foolishly waited to book our final Pisa to Milan train, and the better, faster ones are all sold out, a decent itinerary disappearing as we were trying to book it from a machine. So we will have a long, long day to get to our airport hotel, and I am temporarily in the doghouse again. We go on an endless walk to find Mercatopoli, a big used items store that didn't offer much, our timing off for the Pisa flea markets, which are not every week but sporadic. We had a quick look at the Duomo and the falling tower and took the obligatory photos. The building started in 1173, and it was quickly realized that the sandy alluvial soil was unstable. By 1275, it was off by seven inches. Finally completed in 1350, this belfry's slow and steady inclination had increased to five feet off of vertical. Galileo is supposed to have demonstrated the physical law of falling bodies there. The eight floors of the structure have a present tilt of 17 feet one inch. A northern counterbalance weight has brought it back a foot in the right direction with a goal of another few inches to be gained to stabilize it. Its unique architecture, as well as the lean, entice over a million visitors a year. We have dinner at an Asian place with good sushi and fried rice, another welcome break from pasta pasta. We stroll along the Arno River, which runs through the city, visit a few shops, and then a late morning coffee and pastry. I discover later they only charge me for one coffee and forgot my cappuccino. Bill was less than five euros, so I go back to pay the difference. The old grandmas and the young one who had served us are surprised, as I explain, and then laugh and say, Regalo, a gift. Another sweet interaction that can only occur when one speaks the language. I find a suede coat and a colorful tank top in a used shop where the price was 30 euro for a kilogram of clothing. A real deal, and both fit well. Stupendous dinner with Elaine and her brother Joe. He really is a foodie and wine connoisseur. He ordered two expensive bottles, one to drink and one to decant, plus lots of food, including a Florentine steak, which we had been curious about and got to taste, scrumptious. Even I could tell the wine was excellent, a far cry from two buck chuck, and the second bottle did indeed change flavors as it had time to breathe. I had wild boar stew served on polenta, which was out of this world good. Carla had paparadelle a large, broad, flat pasta that literally means to devour or gobble up, with wild boar sauce, also excellent. And we shared an arugula and parmesan salad. Total yum, one of the best meals of the trip. Joe worked in environmental pollution analysis, including the big Gulf BP still, spill, and developed a specialized camera to take images as deep as 4,000 meters. He generously picked up the bill. Our last day in Pisa, we enjoy seeing Il Respire della Forma sculptures by Gianfranco Meggiato in different locales spread throughout the city, each unique and yet connected to the others, and always with an interesting description. Here's a favorite from Disco Tensione, a labyrinth-like structure. In ogni labirinto intricato c'è sempre un punto interiore di arrivo. La sfera lucida è posta nel centro della nostra essenza. 
Da sempre entrare in un labirinto simbolicamente implica il perdere se stessa per poi ritrovarsi, vivendo la difficoltà dell'esistenza come stimolo per cambiare, per crescere interiormente. Trovare la nostra sfera interiore è un punto di arrivo o forse un punto di uscita. In every intricate labyrinth, there is always an inner point of arrival. The polished sphere is placed in the center of our essence. Entering a labyrinth has always symbolically implied losing oneself and then finding oneself again, experiencing the difficulties of existence as a stimulus to change, to grow internally. Is finding our inner sphere a point of arrival or maybe an exit point? A sunlit statue of Galileo with globe and telescope in hand captures our attention, and we spend time at the grass-filled Plaza Duomo, posing to seem- seemingly hold up the tower like so many others, enjoying the grounds but deciding to not go into the church spaces nor climb the tower. Same-day tickets for that usually sold out anyway. Trip to the beautiful botanical gardens filled with many delights, a bamboo grove, I again have to pass on a nude photo because too many folks are about, a medicine section. Did you know that the genus aloe with its purifying and anti-inflammatory properties includes about 580 species and that aloe derives from the Arabic word meaning gift of Allah? Magnificent large trees including a 30-meter thriving since 1783 ginkgo biloba, a whole section of desert plants and water plants with a fabulous blooming nymphaea pubescens, an entire greenhouse of tropical plants, including an amazing alien embryo-looking Aristolochia gigantea, plus a museum with hundreds of wax-formed and sculpted mushrooms in detail. Then on to find another tower, which we eventually do near the end of a big, long, ancient city wall. No longer able to climb to the top for views despite internet guidance. We roam to get back, and I have a final canolo and coffee, a, Carla, a coffee and chocolate pastry at a favorite local outdoor cafe. Fun, as with many other days, to just andare a zanzo, wander about, and get lost. A good prescription for at least some of our life journey. Another poster catches my eye. L'itinerario più bella è stato esplorare me stesso. The most beautiful journey is to explore myself. And travel always nourishes that in so many subtle ways. So lovely to eat outside so much of the time. Lunch at home and then out for a final dinner. Gnocchi with shrimp and penne porcini mushrooms. Oh my God. I go to sleep thinking about the other Italy. The trash, poverty, and slums off the well-traveled tourist streets. The neglected falling apart buildings and infrastructure the dark-skinned Africans and Indian subcontinent denizens desperately trying to survive selling junk items by hand, walking about the outdoor restaurants. A long travel day, four trains and a bus to get to our Holiday Inn Express at the Milan airport. Some beautiful country scenes zipping by, including the ravaged for marble mountains near Carrera. The train to Milan from Parma was impossibly packed, All Saints Day, apparently a time for a long weekend getaway for many. Standing for most of that journey, and a real casino unfolds, as they say in Italian. 
The railway police decide the train is too crowded and tried to get a group of young people in the exit area to get off and take another train, but won't tell them when the next one is and if it will be any better. Lots of confusing and yelling and kids crying, back and forth, chaos. And finally, after a half-hour delay, we get going again, and we then have to run from Binario 25 to number 1 to catch our final train. Crazy. I'm reminded of the words of Giovanni Falcone on a small wooden sign seen earlier in a trip in a park. Li uomini passano, le idee restano, restano le loro tensioni morali e continueranno a camminare sulle gambe di altri uomini. In other words, as I read it, individuals die, mankind's ideas persist with all our struggles evolving generation by generation upon the work of our ancestors. Thanks so much for listening to a Normal Than Normal podcast as I share with you some of the precious memories of a trip to the homeland.